there's there's debate amongst my mom and dad, but I became a vegetarian, a self-proclaimed vegetarian at the age of three or four years old. Oh. Um, and, not, you know, much to my family's chagrin because no one else felt that way um, <laughs> based on a kind of rudimentary understanding of, you know, animal wear, welfare and sustainability. Although, you know, at that time, I don't even think sustainability was a term or, or you know, much less well known that it is now. Um, and just as a kid, I, you know, always liked to be outside, grow up in the gorgeous, you know, landscapes of Arizona. And I think that was really kind of my start to, you know, an eco-friendly, you know, more aware, sustainable life. From taking that stand at three or four, you then went on to study this in college, right? Yeah, absolutely. I got a degree in sustainability from Arizona State, um, you know, based on that lifelong kind of understanding um, after hearing the word sustainability for the first time. And I think um, my sophomore year of high school um, and then kind of found my way throughout bits and pieces of the food system before opening the pantry to what it is today. Let's talk about some of those bits and pieces. How did you go from Arizona to Calicoon and opening up the Calicoon Pantry? Yeah, I well, after that, getting that degree, I moved out to New York, having never been to New York before, for what was supposed to be a two- or three-month kind of farm internship program because I knew I was interested in food system sustainability and really kind of wanted to start at the, you know, no pun intended, ground level, you know, where food begins. Um, and I just kept extending the internship, extending a little bit more, worked on various farms throughout the region. region and, you know, spoiler alert, I've been here for like eight years and opened the store about five years ago after, you know, working in the food system for years and realizing that this is really a place that I wanted to be in. When you opened this store, it was sort of a reaction to a void in the market, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I had heard that there had been various health food stores throughout Calicoon over the years, and everyone, you know, had very generously warned me that none of them made it. So, I, you know, they weren't sure if I would, too. Um, but I really, you know, felt the need, the pull to provide kind of these local farm fresh, um, as sustainable as possible ingredients to, you know, this community because, everyone was kind of frustrated with the lack of options um, regarding those items. Um, and there, you know, we are so lucky to be in the region where we have so many amazing farmers and producers and makers. And I'm happy that like, you know, the pantry is now a place where kind of their products can be um, shown off. And though this started out as filling that need for a sort of health food store in the area, it's not exactly the health food store in the traditional sense. It, it combines that with a zero waste initiative, uh, also sustainability, as we've mentioned, and kind of a gathering place, too. How did you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of specialty food store, kind of health food store, although maybe not in the traditional sense. Um, but I think we subscribe more to, you know, this word that's kind of growing to describe stores like mine, which is a refillery, um, which basically is just a place where you can refill your items. So, you know, the basis of our store, though it's evolved so much over the years, is the idea that you can come in and get good quality bulk products and actually, you know, bring in your containers to fill those up. Or, you know, if those are too cumbersome, you can, you know, fill up in a paper bag and bring that home. So 
kind of a mix of all of these things, but in a, you know, a very general sense, we're, a, you know, a low waste grocery um, with an emphasis in sustainability. And the, the low waste concept, I think it's, in some ways it can be intimidating to folks because they think, oh, well, I have to do this. What if I forgot my bag or my container? But you try to make it accessible to everyone. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that, you know, I'm very open. That's one of the things that when we first opened and I was, you know, this new kind of graduate of sustainability, I was so strict about. And I was like, okay, in order to make this, you know, quote unquote, quote, truly sustainable, we have to not have any waste. We have to be entirely plastic free. Um, People, you know, the only way to get these products is to have people fill up their containers and, you know, that way we can really truly eliminate our waste. But um, I'm fortunate that I've been able to adapt and kind of learn over time that that's, you know, one, yeah, like you said, not accessible for the larger community and just really put people off to the idea of low waste living. Um, Because if we're being honest, like a 100% low waste, waste free lifestyle isn't actually that attainable. And so it's more about kind of what we can do to make these changes, however small they might be, like you might just start refilling your rolled oats because you know you have like a nice jar for that and you, you know, that's something you eat frequently. So maybe that's like an intro thing. And we're all just doing exactly, you know, what we can do at any different level. So while in the beginning it kind of started in a more strict way um, where you could only, you know, bring or buy a container I'm very grateful that we've adapted to, you know, we have paper bags. So if you brought your jars and you just want, you know, a quarter pound of really good dark chocolate almonds, you can absolutely get that too and not have had, you know, to prepare in a way that, you know, you've got your jar, you know, your bag with all your jars and, you know, are coming with the intent to fill up. So I'm really hoping that, you know, the space now is a lot more accessible um, and, you know, where people understand that there's no pressure and we're all just doing the best that we can. So you've evolved from that strict sustainability lady <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> well, you were talking yes, about... We were called the inconvenience store. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. But you know what? It was a good call out. You know, it was absolutely correct. <laughs> so how else do you think this store has evolved since you opened in, uh, what was it, 2019? Yep, in 2019 in July. Um, So number one, like I kind of just said in our mission, well, though the mission has stayed the same, we've been a lot more creative and um, adaptive about it. So from the strict jar filling to now, you know, there are, you can find products that are in plastic there now because, you know, like I said, we're all doing the best we can and sustainability looks like a wide variety of things. Um, number two in our products, if you are someone that has shopped with the pantry since 2019, I am so grateful and you've probably seen it evolve tremendously. I think when we first opened, we had, you know, it was kind of a sparse tables and shelves situation with only kind of jars of pantry staples. And that was great. It was a great start. Um, but pretty much week by week, we add more products to our selection. So, Our inventory, while I think we started at maybe 30 items of pantry staples, is now over 1,500 different variations of items. Um, And I think our third kind of growth in the shop is in the physical space. I mean, the marketplace that we're in generously allows for growth, and I've expanded my footprint in the space more times than I can count, um, invested in 
two new fridges in the space. So now we actually have, you know, a fridge department and more plans hopefully to come in the future for even more growth. I know that uh, you opened in, I think, fall of 2019, and then shortly thereafter was COVID in the spring of 2020. How did that (laughs) impact and change your business? I remember I live in Calicoon, so full disclosure, I I had shopped at the store, but you were very much a service-oriented business trying to, you know, make sure people were getting what they needed in this trying time. How was that for you? Yeah, I mean, it was super scary. We We were a brand new maybe six to eight months old business with, you know, obviously no foresight into what would kind of happen. And I, I think the pandemic really spurred a a lot of the kind of creative changes that have happened in the shop for the better. Not that I ever, you know, wish that had happened, but I'm grateful for our adaptability in that manner. So, you know, before, like I said, people were just coming in, filling their jars and then all of a sudden, you know, we weren't supposed to touch things anymore. And we were like, okay, we have to really sit down and strategically think about what that means for our operations. Um, we, you know, had the two weeks downtime of no working, plus then, of course, like many months more, um, to build out a website where we put all of our inventory online and people were able to order online and do contactless pickup. You know, we just put the jars or the bags outside of the shop. And that kind of started the, you know, paper bag kind of fill-up program and has enabled us to continue our website online where, you know, people even today can continue to order online for pickup, maybe not so much because they're worried about being inside during a pandemic, although that's definitely, you know, still a worry in many times, but also because there's just a convenience factor of being able to place your grocery order online and picking it up, you know, and not have to wait in any line. So, um, yeah, we have definitely evolved in many ways and are grateful for that. I also noticed that you in the winter now, especially in these last few weeks of uh, unpredictable winter weather, have been very sort of super serving the we're open on a snow day, you know, that community connection <laughs> on social media and stuff, which I think is probably uh, an outgrowth of, of all of that. Uh, you're, you're a proud queer female entrepreneur. What is that like in the Catskills? Yes, what a loaded question. I know. <laughs> um, I think. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, honestly, whenever you hold a mar, I, I guess marginalized, although I don't like to use that term, undervalued maybe identity, and are outspoken and proud about it, there are always going to be people who have an issue with that because maybe it, you know, scares them in some sense, or maybe they believe that, um, you know, it's not an identity to be proud of. Um, But I think, honestly, um, I'd like to like not focus as much on the folks who like to say things because of course that happens and probably would happen in any region. Um, But to really focus on the connection that that brings from number one, you know, individuals who maybe identify along similar um, spectrums and are, you know, feeling seen and validated and, you know, like to see the representation in the community. And then also what that opens us up for in terms of working with other vendors who might, you know, identify the same way. And I love the, you know, ability for the space to be 
um, somewhere we can lift them up as well. So, you know, in the Catskills, we have so many queer makers out here, female makers, um, growers. And I just I love having a space where we can really uplift all of these voices and, you know, really monetarily support them and have a space for their products to be as well. Is that one of the things about the store that makes you happiest? Um, a one one thousand percent. The community is what makes me happiest. I could not be more proud to have a business in Calicoon, to be a part of this like really cool town with community members who are the most loving, supportive, generous people I have ever met. Um, you know, I say it all the time, but this is the best job I've ever had, despite you know, working more than any job I've ever had. And, you know, it's just the first place in my life where I've never been anxious to to go to work or, you know, worried about what, a you know, a boss might feel about, you know, my quality of work that day. And, you know, it's just an incredible feeling to know that, you know, when going to work is really just opening up your cute shop on Lower Main Street in a really cool town on the river and serving good food to your friends when, you know, like they're going to enjoy that for dinner that night. So um, I would say 1000% the community here is what makes me happy, happiest. Big shout out to the Upper Delaware, Sullivan County, Calicoon communities. So looking back on that little girl who was defiant, uh, vegetarian, <laughs> sustainability of her <laughs> champion, that did you ever see you with your, your community store on the banks of the Delaware River in upstate New York? I, I absolutely would have never foreseen it. I mean, my dad did always say uh, perhaps that defiant, you know, self, um, like really determined personality would lead me in the entrepreneurial direction. But to be in this amazing place with these amazing people, oh, I could have I could have never seen it happen. And I'm still kind of in disbelief every single day that this is what I get to do for a living. Daniel Escola from the Calicoon Pantry. You can find more information about her store, her business, and community hub at thecalicoonpantry.com. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tim.